Prayer is often overlooked as a tool to fight our battles. So often we hear that you've got to do more than pray. Well, in our episode today, we will see just how prayer was effective in getting Peter released from jail. Guess what? Prayer has the power to get you released too. Are you ready? Let's go. Today, we're going to take a look at the power of prayer. Too often, we tend to diminish its effects, and we have heard it said that you got to do more than pray. And, you know, I believe there is something that you do in addition to prayer, but doing it after you have prayed. Hmm. Well, in this particular passage, we're going to take a look at an example how how prayer affected the outcome of another's life and livelihood. So let's go to Acts chapter 12. And in Acts chapter 12, this is what we read. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. And when he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread or the Passover. And after arresting him, Peter that is, he put him in prison handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each, 16 soldiers. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. Listen to verse five. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Now, let's just stop there just for a minute and let's just go back over this. Now, why King Herod was persecuting the church, I do not know. The Bible does not tell us why. We do see that what the actions that he had taken, the action of killing James, the brother of John, it was met with approval among the Jews. And so because this pleased them, he further um, sought their approval by arresting Peter. And he intended also um, to bring Peter to uh, public trial, according to what the Bible says. So James, you know, he was the brother of John and he was part of the dynamic three. That's how I label them. This was Jesus's inner circle, which was uh, Peter, James, and John. So whenever Jesus went to the Mount of Transfiguration, he took Peter, he took James, and he took John. When he went to Jairus' house, he took those three into the room with him. And these three also accompanied Jesus when he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. This was right before his arrest. These three were close to Jesus. So, yeah, so one of them now has been 
killed, put to death by the sword, and this was ordered by the king. And then the other, one of them, uh, Peter, is now in jail. Now this happened again during the time of the Passover. And it says that King Herod, you know, he put Peter in jail, but he didn't do anything with him. So out of respect for the Jews and the Passover celebration, which lasted, I think, about seven days. If I'm wrong in that, I'm sorry. Um, lasted about seven days. Then he was going to bring him out after that so he could go to trial. Now, this is the, you know, verse five again says, so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying for him. As I said previously, many people say you got to do more than pray, you know, but this incident will show us that everything should start with prayer and that praying is what we should do because it works. So verse number six says, the night before Herod was to bring Peter to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries. A soldier stood guard at the entrance. So notice how they had Peter. They tried to secure his captivity um, because in Acts chapter five, the disciples had been arrested before, <laughs> but they walked right on out, you know? So they wanted to ensure, Herod wanted to ensure that Peter um, was uh, securely locked in, that back lack of better uh, words, I guess. But he wanted to make sure that his capture was secure. So he had these soldiers, I guess they were set on um, shifts where he was guarded by four squads of soldiers at different times during the day. Okay. So he had gone the, gone to sleep between two and he was bound in change and then their chains. And then there were two soldiers standing outside of the entrance. Now one might ask, how could Peter sleep? you know, during this period. But, you know, Peter is either just confident that it's going to be all right. He, he, he knows that God is going to deliver him or he knows that, well, if I die, it's going to be all right because then I'll be with the father. Peter does not exemplify any type of worry because he has gone to sleep. What has transpired is that his friend, his co-laborer in the gospel has been put in jail, I mean, has been put to death and he has been put in jail, yet Peter is sleeping. This is his demeanor, right? He knows the predicament. Maybe he is also reminded that whenever trouble came about, it never concerned Jesus. Maybe he remembered or recalled that when they were um, out to sea and the storm was raging against them, he remembered Jesus being asleep at the bottom of the boat. Remember, they went to him and said, hey, don't you care that we're about to perish? So Peter, I believe, was in peace that he was in perfect 
peace. So he, he had in his mind that he that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleep. So he says, if God is up, then, hey, I'm going to go to sleep. Then the Bible says in verse number seven, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Get up quick, quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Now notice this suddenly, this is quickly, and it is also unexpectedly, but we got to remember something. The church is praying. Peter is in prison, but the church is earnestly praying to God for him. Remember, this is the Passover and many have come together to celebrate this. And they are probably in a house, which we will learn in a minute or so. And they are praying because of the problem that Peter is facing. So they take Peter's predicament in prayer. They present that to God because God is the one that can help them in this situation. So while they are praying suddenly, quickly, unexpectedly, an angel of the Lord appears and a light shone in the cell. Now I'm sure it was a brilliant light, a bright light, but what occurs is Peter doesn't wake up. (laughs) because this light has entered the cell. Um, Instead, the angel has to strike Peter on the side and tell him to get up, tell him to wake up. And at the words of this angel and the movement of Peter, the chains that had bound him fell off of his wrists. All right, so what we see next is that in verse number eight, the angel said to Peter, put on your clothes and your sandals. Again, Peter did so. The angel said, wrap your cloak around yourself and follow me. That's what the angel said. And Peter did that. And guess what? Peter followed him right out of that prison. But Peter had no idea what that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was having a vision. You know, he thought, you know, this was something that he was seeing, but he didn't realize that he was actually experiencing this action. So Peter and the angel passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself. They went through it. And when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly, you know, quickly and unexpectedly, the angel left him. Now, Peter, even though he was asleep, draggy, not really clear or understanding what was transpiring, even in this state, Peter was obedient to that voice. It's something that assured him that this was the right thing to do. And so Peter got up and Peter obeyed. He and 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 what's interesting too is that all of this activity that's transpiring by this. Um, in this jail, it did not disturb or alert 
the guards. They are unaware of the movement of God. God is causing things to happen right in the presence of the enemies, but they don't perceive it yet. Oh, that is so awesome. So what we see is after the angel has left Peter. Peter is out of the jail. He is on the street. The Bible says he comes to himself. He now realizes that what was happening is real and it's not a dream. And so he says, he says out loud, he says this to himself, wow, you know, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. You know, we got to go back now. I don't know what Peter was doing in prison when he got arrested, but knowing Peter, I got to believe too that Peter had prayed or um, Peter believed in his heart that it was just going to be well. And if we go back to the beginning of the passage, we recognize also that even though Peter was in prison, the uh, church was praying. The church was offering intercession uh, for Peter. Okay. And so Peter says, now I know it wasn't a dream. It's real. God has delivered me from the hands of my enemy. And even what the enemies were hoping, uh-uh, God delivered me from that. Won't he do it? Oh, yes, he will. He will do it. So this is what Peter does in verse number 12. When all of this had dawned on him that he's free, he's out, out of the clutches of uh, Herod, he goes to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark. And many people had gathered there and they were praying. Now, Peter knocks on the door and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening the door and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. Okay, so, you know, Peter is at the door. And she must have asked him or the person on the other side of the door, who is it? because the Bible says she recognized Peter's voice, which means she did not open the door, which we've read. And she was so elated. She was so overjoyed. She was so excited because she knew they were inside praying. And here is the answer to the prayer at the door. But in her excitement, she left the door <laughs> without opening it. You know, I don't fault her for that. I just, you know, I believe she was so excited and she was just running to the people to let them know that, hey, you can stop praying. Peter is at the door. But let's just see. Let's just see how this girl's um, response was received. Okay, because she was excited. 
you know, you, you know, before I even go to her response, you know, it kind of reminds me too of the woman that was at the well, you know, she had this conversation with Jesus and Jesus told her all about herself. I think, you know, I did a podcast about that as well, but anyway, Jesus tells her and she's just so filled with joy that she leaves her water pail at the well. You know, the thing she came for was water, but she was so excited, filled with joy that she ran back into the city for getting her water pail and told the people, come see a man. So this girl is running with the same type of enthusiasm to those that have gathered in the house, right? And, um, and, and, to tell them the good news. But see, when when Rhoda said what she said, they didn't believe. You know, those that were present and those that were praying, guess what they told her? They told her that you can find this. This is the NIV. I don't know how it reads in other translations, but they say you are out of your mind. <laughs> That's what they told her. Now they're praying. And she kept on insisting. She kept telling them, no, y'all, Peter is at the door. I heard Peter's voice. Y'all, Peter is at the door. Why the girl just didn't leave at that moment and go open the door to prove it to him? I don't know. She's a servant girl. And I don't know how old she is or anything of that, but she wanted them to share in her joy and her excitement and they refuted it. But listen, she kept on insisting. So then they said, oh, it must be his angel. <laughs> they were praying, y'all, but they were not expecting. And so sometimes when we pray, when we're talking about diminishing the power of prayer, what we want to recognize is that prayer is powerful and it can produce results. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. But when we pray, we've got to expect a response, expect an answer. And when the answer shows up, we shouldn't discount it. We should not deny it. What's the point of praying and not believing that you're going to receive? Well, the good news is that even though this servant girl could not convince those who had gathered at the prayer meeting, um, Peter was insistent and Peter kept on knocking at the door. And when they opened the door, this is in verse 16, and they saw him, the Bible says they were astonished. They were astonished when they opened the door. They were greatly surprised. And you know, sometimes I pray too, I, I can't deny it. And when God answered the prayer, oh my goodness, and it showed up the joy and the elation and sometimes the surprise. But we have got to get to the point where we expect God to answer. We don't necessarily know how he's going to do what we're requesting, but we've got to expect him to answer. So Peter quiets them. He motions them with his hand to be quiet. And he tells them everything that happened to him. He described it to, to them, how God brought them out brought him rather out of prison. So then he gives this instruction and he tells them to tell James. Now this James is the brother of Jesus and the other brothers and sisters about what happened. And then Peter left the place. All right. Peter left the place. Um, let's talk a little bit now about, you know, 
prayer. You know, we talked we talked about the church was praying while Peter was held captive, you know, while he was in bondage, but the church remained prayerful. And while they were still praying, I want you to see this, Peter knocked at the door. There's a passage, Isaiah 65, 24, that says, before they call for help, I will answer them. While they are still praying, I will hear them. And you know, that's what happened in this case. Sometimes, you know, God moves even before we can ask. Sometimes God moves while we are in the process of asking. See, the key is though, we we must, you know, ask. We got to ask him and keep on asking. That's what Jesus said. Ask, seek, knock, keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. So um, what transpired after uh, Peter got out of jail and after he gave this instruction to those that were praying? Well, the next morning, those who were guarding Peter you know, they started wondering and worrying about his whereabouts and what had happened to him. They did all they could to, to keep him in custody. You know, he was securely chained by the wrist. He had two soldiers surrounding him and two were outside his cell, yet there was no Peter. <laughs> there was no indication of a breakout and there was no indication of a break in. Y'all, this reminds me that um, there is no wisdom, there's no insight, there's no plan that can succeed against the Lord. You know, the man can plan, the man can plot, but listen, it's the Lord's purpose that will prevail. What God has for you is for you you. So when Herod searched for Peter, he couldn't find him. So he cross-examines the guards and then he orders them to be executed. When we think about prayer and the power of prayer, we've got to remember that we should not discount it. Whenever we have problems that arise or issues, matters, concerns, then we need to pray about it first Pray believing, pray expecting God to answer. If there's something you need to do, do it. But then also pray first. Pray for that guidance. Pray for that direction that God will lead and order your steps in the right way. There are things we do not know, but God knows them all. He even knows what we need without us even asking. But sometimes he wants us to ask. So we got to place our burdens in the care of God. Let him handle it. Then be on the lookout for the answer. And then don't reject or discard the answer because it does not show up in the manner which you thought it would. No, God's ways, remember, are higher than ours. He knows what we need and he will answer the prayer. We've got to be open to receive though how he he answers it. When they prayed, I don't know what they expected. I don't know if they expected Peter to go to trial because remember, it was the night before he was 
uh, supposed to go to trial. But the night before Peter was supposed to go to trial, God delivered him from that jail. You know, it's like the ninth hour and then they can't find Peter. I don't know. I don't know if the church expected that they were going to have to get some bail money or if they were going to have to bury Peter. I don't know what they were praying in that room, but I do know they were praying earnestly, the Bible says, and that God brought Peter out and Peter was standing at the door knocking. Maybe they thought they were going to have to pick him up from the jail that he, those charges would be dropped. But see, God did not answer the prayer in that way. God brought Peter completely out of jail without having a trial. Somebody ought to say amen. We got to be confident that God's got the matter under control. Then we need to learn how to rest in his peace. Rest in that comfort that only he gives. Because if God be with and for us, guess what? Who can be against us? If God has promised you something and you haven't received it yet, then you better hang on to that promise. Don't die. Don't give up. Don't give in because God is faithful. He makes good his promises. Put God in remembrance of his promise to you. Say, God, you said. Oh yeah, say it. God loves to be reminded of his word. He does not speak and don't fulfill. God brings about every one of his good promises. He's not like us. He's not a man, so he does not lie. He's not human. He does not change his mind. God does not speak and not act. He does not promise and not carry it out. We've got to rest in this knowledge. We've got to know that our Redeemer lives. We've got to pray. Don't discount it. Don't discount it. Make that your foundation with the faith. Adding, you know, adding prayer to your faith. It's your communication vessel and channel with God. Jesus said men ought to always pray and not lose heart. Don't grow faint. Don't doubt. Don't discount. Don't deny um, God's word or the power of the word in which he has given to us. He says, call to me and I will answer you. So keep praying, church. Keep praying. Keep praying because the effectual fervent prayers have great power and produces wonderful results. Y'all, God delights in helping us. We just need to ask. So Father, we thank you for the privilege and the power of prayer even when we're burdened, even when we have cares and concerns, let us remember not to neglect prayer and to bring these matters to you. We thank you, Father. Amen. Okay, that has been your Daily Dose.